Well, Razorback fans, it's a battle for the golden boot going down this Saturday in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Let's look at the game and look at the reality of the situation the Razorbacks find themselves in. Also, some pretty interesting news about Bay Fall, the highly touted Razorback basketball prospect. And Jalen Hurts, former Alabama quarterback, has something interesting to say about Razorback Stadium. It's all coming up on today's Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com today with promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Friday, as now the weather has officially turned uh, to uh, being a little bit on the uh, chillier fall, wintry side. In fact, here in Little Rock, it's like pouring rain outside. After yesterday, I was wearing shorts and a T-shirt, but uh, it's going to be a, a cold, rainy one today across the state, and then tomorrow it's going to be a little on the chilly side uh, for kickoff for Arkansas, but that's going to be so much fun, and I know uh, we've been uh, talking about this game leading up to it and the bitter rival of the battle for the golden boot that Arkansas and LSU go through, which, you know, I, I kind of say that in a more of a condescending tone, I guess. And it has nothing to do with the fact that this game is or is not a rivalry because I think that everybody has their own viewpoint on it. Everybody has their own opinion on it. But my whole thing is, is like with this game, it's got a lot of craziness. It's got a lot of history. It's got a lot of uh, meaning, especially for when some of these seasons ended up turning out and how they went in the SEC and everything like that. But overall, it's just one of those games to where it, I think at least over time, LSU has started to care a little bit more about it than what they used to. I think that there was a point in time where LSU literally was like, this game is stupid. This game is annoying. It's not a rivalry. We care more about Alabama. We care more about Florida. We care more about Ole Miss, whatever it is. But as time has gone on, I think that just because that is the trophy element, just because of uh, the, the close in proximity and just because of the way that the fans have reacted, especially Razorback fans, whenever Arkansas has uh, won these games and LSU has seen the reaction to it, I think it's developed into something a little bit more. Now, we'll see how Brian Kelly handles it and approaches it because, again, this is his first year as the LSU head coach. Is he one of the coaches that goes over and poses with the boot and gets pictures and goes crazy if they end up winning it? Or are they going to be like uh, Ed Orgeron would be and just leave the trophy out there on the field because they don't really care? So that's going to be the interesting thing to think about in this game, assuming that they win. But here we are now with Arkansas in a desperate situation. And I don't think I'm overstating my bounds when I say it's desperate. It's a desperate situation because you know that if Arkansas comes out, especially with the situation with KJ, in a in a bad way, they get down big early, whatever, because that's kind of been the common theme here. It's it's going to be bad for Arkansas. It's going to be bad for Arkansas fans, and everybody's going to start really questioning everybody and everything. They're going to start questioning whether or not uh, you know Sam Pittman's the man for the job. They're going to start questioning whether or not uh, the coordinators are, are going to be back next year, you know, our players going to be transferring, like everything's going to be surrounding this program and this team with questions because that's just the way fans handle things. And honestly, 
it's kind of in a situation too where if Arkansas was able to even win this game, like just find some way somehow to pull off a major upset, it would be one of the like craziest things and, and biggest things that Arkansas has had in a long time. In fact, it would be the biggest win. I know I'd say it was the biggest win in Sam Pittman's era, but it might, I'm trying to think back of when it would be the biggest win since when, you know, like, because it's one thing if you beat a team early in the season, like Texas last year. Yes, that was an awesome win. That was fun. That was great. That storming the field, it was great. But at the end of the season, though, you look back upon that and you saw how Texas wasn't that good of a football team. And you're like, okay, it wasn't a quality win, but it's still fun, still great, but it wasn't a high quality win. So you got to be able to distinguish whenever you beat a team and what they end up doing in the rest of the season. And now you're at the point, though, at least that you're in late enough in the season to know what all these teams have done. So if you were able to beat LSU, this isn't something where they're overhyped at the beginning of the year. You beat them, and then they end up not being a very good team. They are a very good team. Like right now, it's proven. They have evidence of it. So if you're able to beat them, it's going to be the biggest win in Sam Bittman's tenure. And I think you would have to go back. Obviously, Chad Morris pre that. It wasn't Bielma's last year. Maybe, just maybe, the Ole Miss game of 2016. Or the Florida game of 2016 in Fayetteville. Because I think Florida was number eight in the country at that time. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Florida ended up winning the SEC East that year. Or at least they won it the previous year. Uh, but I know that they were a really good football team and ended up being a fo good football team. So you're talking about a six-year span, essentially, where if Arkansas was able to win this game, it would be their biggest win in over a half a decade. Now, we can talk about how sad that may be or how bad that may be. That is the reality. There's That is the truth in it. And so that is what you find yourself with an opportunity for. And the whole thing with this team in Pittman is that it's going to be fascinating to see how they handle this type of adversity. Because we've seen Sam Pittman's teams handle different adversities at times. You know, we, we've seen them last year where they went through that three-game losing streak and they hit the bye and they responded greatly. We were kind of hoping and thinking that this would be the way that that happened this year, but losing to Liberty really put a damper on all that. You know, so we've seen them deal with injuries. We've seen them deal with transfers. We've seen them deal with all these different things, but this is a new animal now because now you have no bye week to get to. You have no, you know, something that you just wait until you, oh, well, we get to this point. Maybe we can figure some things out and turn it around. You don't have any of that anymore. You have three games, all SEC games two of them being at home and two of them being against two of the top teams in the SEC West. And you don't have time. You don't have time. You don't have time to try to figure it out. You don't have time to try to, you know, make some adjustments in, in, in this part of the season. Time's up. Time is up. It's time for you to go out and win the games. You're supposed to be playing your best football right now. You aren't right now because you lost the Liberty. You have to be doing it right now. And, Against LSU, this is a golden opportunity to see what this team does in their response after all the adversity that they went through throughout the season. Thought that they may have gotten over it after the bye week. Thought that winning at BYU and Auburn would provide some momentum, some confidence. Well, it didn't because you lost to Liberty. And so how do you respond? How do you handle that loss going forward where it's do or die right now. You are fighting for a bowl appearance at this point in time. You have five wins. You're five and four. The last thing you want to put yourself in a position of is being five and six going into Missouri. 
where you have to win on the road against a Missouri team that can be dangerous because they have nothing else to get up for. So they get up for the final game so they can feel like they're part of the cool crowd during rivalry week. You don't want to put yourself in that position because that can be a dangerous team that you have to deal with. So am I telling Arkansas and am I telling the Razorback football team that, hey, if you don't win this one, it's curtains? No, because let's be honest, LSU is a very good football team. Arkansas is a struggling football team. And I do not expect Arkansas to win this game, as honest as I'm being. And I'm sure a lot of you are saying, well, it's going to be tough. I don't expect them to win either. I think a lot of you realistic people are out there saying it. And maybe some of you think that they still will, which I'm not going to argue with you. That's fine. I mean, just an opinion. But I am saying that if you don't go out there and at least show some life, show some signs that, hey, this we are still in a battle. We are still fighting for something. If you don't show that, then... I think a lot of people are going to start questioning the whole Sam Pittman thing even more. Not to say that they'll want him fired, because and I don't even want him fired. I don't want any, I don't want I have no major problems with Sam Pittman so much that I want to see any job change. I want to make that clear. Like I, I still believe in Sam Pittman. I still think he's the man for the job. I still think uh there's a lot of great things that he's doing at the program. So I want to make that clear. But what I am saying though is that I know fans. I'm one of them. I have been my whole life. You are as well. I know fans. I know how fans act, and I know how they react to certain situations. And if this team looks dead in the water in the first quarter of an 11 a.m. game against LSU, the, in the rivalry game of the Battle of the Golden Boot, then fans are going to say, okay, if it's already going awry right now, how is this going to get fixed, and what will fix it? Because you can't, if you if you end this stretch, if you end up losing four straight games in the season, if you end up going five and seven, which that's doomsday scenario, that's worst case scenario. But if that happened, you can't just expect to keep everything status quo next year and going into the offseason and think people are going to be excited about it. Like, now what type of changes does that mean? Does it mean hitting the portal? Does it mean coaching changes? I, I don't know. But I just know fans, they won't see that as any sort of signs of progress or any sort of signs of change or any sort of hope that things are going to get better into next season. So show them that right now. If you go out there and you at least show fight and you at least do some really good things to start the game and you start off strong and you're putting yourself in a position that going into the fourth quarter, the game is still seriously in doubt with you having a chance to win. Even if you lost, that would still at least provide some sort of thing that people can point to and say, hey, yeah, we lost. It sucks. Yeah, we shouldn't. We don't want to be losing these games. But we at least know that this team has still got fight left in them. We still know that this coaching staff has fight left in them where they're not giving up on the season. That shows at least signs of health and signs of strength of a program. Now, wins and losses are what counts the most. I get it. But I want to see how this team comes out and responds. I want to see how this team goes out there and says, you know what? We, we're reeling right now. People are very upset with us. They're very disappointed with us. Let's go show them something. That's what I want to see. And I don't know if all would be forgiven from the Liberty performance. But if you won this game against LSU, folks, if you won this game, it's certainly going to cover up a lot. And I mean a lot of issues of problems that happened this year because in looking at it in the positive light not only do you get a great win you get the bowl eligibility you beat lsu you get the trophy it stays back here in fayetteville and all of that 
but you also, in a way, really do a great job of keeping LSU out of the SEC championship game because then they will have two losses. Now, they'll still have – it's two losses in the SEC, I should say. Now, they'll still have uh, being in the driver's seat because they still will have the tiebreaker over Ole Miss and Bama because they beat both those teams. And Ole Miss has still got to play Auburn and everything. But you at least make it a little bit more difficult because if LSU wins – if LSU beats Arkansas, they win the SEC West. Pretty sure of that, yeah, because they hold the tiebreaker. So they know what's on the line. They win the West if they win this game. So show some fight. Give us reasons to be hopeful. You do that, we'll feel a little bit better about it. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. It's the easiest place to spice up college football this season, and it's so easy to play. Like, that's the thing that I've, I've said many times. I'm I'm an easy guy. You know, I like doing things the easy way. And it's not because I'm lazy. It's because in this day, 2022, in the year of our Lord, especially when it comes to apps and on our smartphones, and especially when it comes to fantasy, it's not anything new. It should be easy. And Underdog Fantasy has mastered that for you. You can check out all the different types of things that are going on with the Underdog Fantasy reads and everything that also is happening with all of the things that they do for higher and lower. That's my favorite thing is about the stats. When you can say, all right, well, you know, this particular player, KJ Jefferson, if he plays, is he going to have 203 yards of passing higher or lower? You get to bet it. It's as simple as that. It's easy to play. You can just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team even, but any team that you can go out there and again, it's one of the easiest places to play. So sign up with promo code locked on, all one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, you get $100 for free. It's as simple as that. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store, Google Play Store, and that is Underdog Fantasy. Promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick 'em action today. You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so uh, next segment on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. So I, I wanted to bring this up because I tweeted out something, and I think that's, I know it's football season, but basketball's still underway. And I thought that this was a, a very fascinating thing that I heard about Bay Fall. Now, for those of you who don't know Bay Fall, Bay Fall is part of the 2023 recruiting class in basketball. He is a center, 6'10", 205 pounds. He is currently playing in Denver, Colorado, as part of his accelerated schools. He is the number one player in the state of Colorado. He's the number three center in the entire country, and he's the number 16, or excuse me, the number 14 player in the nation overall. He is a bona fide five-star player, far and away. And this has been a guy that people have been throwing around, and I know that Arkansas has really been looking at, and you know, people have been thinking about uh, you know, what, what's, what's his situation because Arkansas has been in on him. Also, Auburn's been in on him. In fact, Auburn and Arkansas were kind of the, the big ones that were there into the mix. But I'll say this. I, I've been hearing some things, and I'm not one of those guys that like to throw around sauces and everything. But I have friends, and out of Auburn, out of Auburn, where they do obviously some good recruiting things and basketball and all that, I heard 
that they were convinced that Bayfall was going to be an Auburn Tiger. Like all, like convinced the entire time he was going to Auburn. No questions asked. It was going to work out for him. And then I got this, and I was actually hearing it again from uh, a guy that I know. He says, sounds like that Bayfall is going to be a Razorback. Says that some things have changed where the Auburn staff was completely and totally on board. They thought that it was all wrapped up. But as of last night, things drastically changed. They feel he will be at Arkansas. So that's the words coming out. Again, that's just from people I know in Auburn. That is nothing that I know as far as an inside source. That's just the word that's coming out from Auburn about Bayfall. Looks like, at least from the people there, they're hearing that he ain't going to Auburn. He's going to be an Arkansas Razorback. So take that for whatever it's worth. You know, like take that for, you know, what it could mean, uh, what it could end up being, like all of that, because, you know, recruiting's crazy. Recruiting is a crazy thing that you just really never know what to, uh, what to expect, what to think, what to know, what, like what's going to go going down and everything. Because uh, the other one, of course, is his teammate. Uh, I hope, and again, I hope I'm saying this right. Asain Duop, who they're kind of a combo deal, all right, because they go to the same high school. They're part of the same class. Now, Duop, Duop, I think it's again. Hope I'm saying his name right. Is also 6'10", 190 pounds, and a center, and he's a bona fide four-star player. He's the number two player in Colorado, the number 12 center uh, in the country, and the number 91 player overall in the country. Well, again, it's a combo deal to where Arkansas, if assuming that uh, you're able to get Bayfall here, that duop will be here also. So if you get both of those players, that is huge. And then adding into the mix, Layden Blocker, which don't forget about this kid, because according to 24-7 Sports Composite, he is a bona fide five-star player. He's a point guard, all right? He is the number two player in the state of Kansas. He's the number four point guard, the number 25 player in the country. So you're talking about two bona fide five stars and a really high four star that could be, again, we'll see, could be a part of the recruiting class for next season. Now we got to get through this basketball season. Got to see how it goes. We got to enjoy this while we can, because it is a lot of fun to talk about and have, and have a good time with, but it certainly looks like that this year, this past season, isn't the only time that Muss and his staff are making thin, making some noise when it comes to those high-level college basketball recruits. Folks, this is what it is about. This is what Arkansas needs to be all the time. Zero excuse for Arkansas not being able to recruit at the highest level across the country when it comes to getting the best players because Arkansas basketball is that type of program and Eric Musselman is that type of coach. This this is like this is just getting the most out of the program. There is no reason why Arkansas shouldn't be the highest competitive player uh, type of program out there, uh, up there with the Kansases and the Kentuckys and the and the Dukes and the North Carolinas. There's no reason why they can't be. They have everything going for them, and it just is so awesome that Muss love that man because he is doing all the things to get the most out of the program to make his program incredible. And he has it going on. So I love it. I, I'm hoping that all my information comes to fruition. It ends up being correct. I'm not a reporter. I'm not one of those guys. I leave that over to the guys at Hog Sports and HogSports.com and, and all of that. I'm not that guy. But I just, I as, as Tony Montana said in Scarface, I got ears, you know. 
I hear things. I hear things. And I just wanted to let you all know about it as well. All right. So, folks, got to tell you about Simply Safe. You know, I, I've been saying this for a long time now. We all want to be safe. We all want to be secure. We all want to make sure that anytime we're at home or away from home, we know that everything in our house is fully protected. And right now, all of you locked on Razorback listeners, you can order the number one Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. That's half off. Like that's that's pre-Black Friday sale. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. And here's why I love it. Every single time that I'm gone, I know that everything I have in my house that I hold most dear is secure. Listen, I you know sometimes you never know what to expect. You always feel like you're safe, even if you don't have a security system until something happens, until you come home and all your stuff is gone and all your valuables, your life is turned upside down. Don't let that happen. Be preventative. Get simply safe. Feel secure no matter what. When you're home or when you're away, make it happen. Especially if you're someone like me living at home alone. You never know what's going to happen around here. You never know what could be part of the part of the problems that could be arising, but simply safe is what takes care of you. They have an emergency system that 24/7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so they know that they can get you the proper response that you need for any sort of threat that ends up coming up against you in your home. So don't miss on the chance to save big on the only security system that I would ever recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. That's simply safe, S I M P L I S A F E.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. If uh, I got to make sure I turn over my little my little uh, flare there, yeah, my goodness, I'm I'm losing it. I can't I can't believe it. But anyways, uh, this is a really cool clip that I wanted to show y'all, and I love this so much. Um, yesterday, it, it was actually posted on social media, I think, uh, from uh, from the podcast with uh, Jason and Travis Kelsey. It's called New Heights, where they interview several people and they just do a podcast. A lot of athletes do this. And it's pretty fun and pretty good podcast, too, especially if you're a Chiefs fan, Eagles fan or whatever. But either way, they were interviewing Jalen Hurts yesterday, the quarterback of the Eagles. And he had a fascinating comment about stadiums and loud and, you know, what, what's been crazy and all that as far as his atmospheres go. And I just want you to hear his response. Take a listen. So I have a, a few different moments that come into mind. I have um, people kind of are like, what? When I say this, the loudest stadium I've ever been in is we played at Arkansas. Arkansas. It was my freshman Peak year. Peak <laughs> <laughs> We played at my freshman year, bro. And I'm talking about maybe maybe I had like a sinus infection or sinuses was my, – my ears was ringing so hard. I'm like, damn, it's loud. the noise. For the noise. Damn, you know, in college, you know, in college you do – you know, I do the clap sometimes in the yes. walkthroughs and stuff. Yep. We did the clapping. That wasn't doing nothing. Couldn't you know what I'm saying? Nothing. Yeah. So that was, a, that was a pretty crazy environment. Another crazy environment. So just listen to that. Jalen Hurts, the Alabama quarterback who played at Alabama and at Oklahoma, and his whole tenure as a college football player said the loudest stadium he's ever been in was Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Now, just to give 
everybody an idea of some of the places that Jalen Hurts experienced during that time at Ole Miss, at Tennessee. What? I was told that Neyland Stadium was one of the loudest stadiums in the world. I told, I was told that the atmosphere is bar none. I was told that it broke all the sound barriers. I told it was the loudest place. Well, that's funny because Arkansas apparently was louder, according to Jalen Hurts. Interesting. They played there. They played at Baton Rouge, at, at LSU that week. So you're talking about Tennessee. And also, this isn't like when these teams were bad either. Tennessee was number nine in the country in 2016 when Jalen Hurts played there. They were number nine. So you know the atmosphere was big. Still not as loud. At LSU, LSU was 13th in the country. Alabama was number one. You're telling me that that wasn't a loud game? No, it was loud. Just not as loud as Razorback Stadium. How insane is that? So, and it's not insane in the way of like, I'm surprised. It's insane in the fact that this is, this is now the second Alabama quarterback under the Nick Saban era who has said that the loudest stadium that they have ever been in is Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Because Greg McElroy said it after the 2010 game when they came to Fable. Now, granted, Arkansas has not won any of those games, so it is what it is. But the fact that these two guys who every time Alabama goes to an opposing team's stadium the atmosphere is always going to be insane that they pointed out in all of their years arkansas is the number one and that's pre-north end zone this is the time where it was just the u and the sound still wasn't trapped in near as much like i'm starting to think and i know that we always know about bud walton arena and how loud that gets it's still one of the loudest places in the country you know bomb walker for baseball is great all of that but i'm starting to think just basing it off of some of these comments that maybe just maybe Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium at its peak is as good as any atmosphere in the country. I used, I used to kind of reel that back because I didn't want to just throw out the, the ridiculous homer nature of it, but we're starting to see evidence of it that when you get Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium rocking, it does nothing comes close to it because Jalen Hurts and Greg McElroy, two very good quarterbacks there at Alabama, played in so many different places in all of college football and all different types of intimidating atmospheres. And of all those years that they played, seven to eight years of college football that they put in, going to and from everywhere, the one place that stands out to them the most is Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. That's telling. That's extremely telling. And it shows you that at Arkansas and at that stadium, even though it doesn't have as many people as most of the other SEC stadiums, the noise level can be brought in a next level way compared to all these other bigger stadiums. Kind of makes you feel good, doesn't it? Be nice to actually win one of those games for a change. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel next Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will see you then.